Welcome to the Faith Seeking Freedom Podcast, a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute. Your questions about faith and liberty deserve thoughtful answers, and we're dedicated to giving you solid responses so you can live free and flourish. How do we approach other believers who are participating in national idolatry? Now, that is an interesting question because we kind of have to talk about, well, what does it mean by national idolatry? Do we mean that they idolize the nation state? Do they idolize America as, you know, my country, right or wrong? Is it they are, you know, just hardcore, they wear everything with flag colors and, you know, they <laughs> they have a hat with a flag on it and they just like are always weeping when they say the national or when they hear the national anthem and, and so forth. I mean, what does it mean to say somebody's participating in national idolatry? So how would we answer that, Nick? What are some things that you might have to say if you had a friend who you felt was at least leaning, if not just full on, almost worships the USA. Yeah, well, like you said, it's going to depend on the individual. So, I mean, without knowing the specific person or people in mind, you know, we can only really sort of give a general kind of advice. But, you know, things that that I've found that have been useful, you know, you may want to start with discussing what does it mean that your citizenship is in heaven? That verse, you know, when, when Paul is writing that letter, he's writing to one of the most patriotic and nationalistic cities in the Roman Empire, and to specifically the Christians in that city. And so when he says your citizenship is in heaven, that is a rebuke of thinking of yourself primarily as a Roman. Now, somebody may say, okay, well, Paul elsewhere asserted rights tied to his Roman citizenship. And yeah, that's true. He used those things to his advantage for the sake of the gospel, but he didn't pride himself on them. He didn't build his identity around that. So people who were nationalistic for Rome, Paul refutes that by saying, oh, actually, your, your true citizenship is in heaven. So you may want to start with that discussion and just ask. I mean, I, I'm a big fan when you're dealing with polemics or trying to break down an argument of asking a lot of questions. That's a very ancient method. It's a very Socratic method. You tend to expose fallacies and problems in faulty positions by asking the person to defend their position, just asking questions, not necessarily asserting a positive argument, but just asking them questions in a way that, that sort of shows the problems with what they're thinking. So you may ask, well, what do you think Paul means by your citizenship is in heaven? And what significance would you give to the fact that he's writing this to a nationalistic audience? Uh, you know, you may also want to ask questions like, what about a Christian living in an oppressive regime like North Korea? Should they have pride in, in the North Korean nation state? You know, so I, I think if you, if you ask questions like that, that's not going to be the full gamut of the argument. It's a good place to start. It's a good place to get people thinking and to have some productive discussion. Yeah, I mean, one of the, those are really good thoughts. And one of the things that comes to mind is the potential response to that is, well, we could have a dual citizenship because, you know, when Paul says our citizenship is in heaven, well, I'm not in heaven right now. I'm on earth and I can maintain a dual citizenship. And as long as my citizenship in heaven is more valuable to me or is priority to me than my, say, citizenship in the United States, then I'm not really committing idolatry. Now, I, I kind of have a problem with that because you can't really say that your citizenship is in heaven and then also say that your citizenship is in the state or in a country where 
the state is demanding the kind of allegiance that means you'll kind of, you can really put into question whether or not your allegiance is to, you know, the kingdom of God. And the other thing is, I would say, when we say the citizenship is in heaven, you know, N.T. Wright has a thing where he says, it doesn't mean that you have to, it's not the kind of thing where you have to go to heaven to get it. In the same, you know, you can't say like, oh, the beer is in the fridge, you go into the fridge to drink it. No, it's something that's yours. It's something you could say that it's, you have a heavenly citizenship, that your kingdom citizenship is present, is now. And there's a conflict if you want to claim that you also have a citizenship in the United States. Right. And that has to do with the whole dynamic of the already and the not yet, which is a very common phrase in New Testament studies that many of our listeners may be aware of. And a lot of that was really fleshed out sort of in in the last, I don't know, 30, 40 years by George Eldon Ladd's book on the New Testament and subsequent thinkers following Ladd have sort of carried on that idea. But it's pretty widely accepted now that that's a a common theme in, in the New Testament is the already and not yet dynamics of the kingdom of God. So there is a sense in which there is the fullness of the kingdom yet to come, but the kingdom is already here. It is amongst us right now, wherever Christ's people are and wherever they're working, the kingdom is already here in our midst. And it's our job to go forward and and carry that out into the world in anticipation of the fullness of the kingdom to come. This podcast was inspired by our popular book, Faith Seeking Freedom, which is available on Kindle, softcover, and audiobook at faithseekingfreedom.com. Want your questions answered on our podcast? Email us at podcast at libertarianchristians.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so we can reach more Christians with the message of liberty.